Proverbs chapter number three. I don't know about you, but before we have a good time outside, I just want to have a good time in here. Just allow the Lord just to have his way and speak to our hearts here for a moment. Proverbs chapter three, starting at verse number five, it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths be not wise in thine own eyes fear the Lord and depart from evil it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase so shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine I've been teaching on a subject this month a series dealing with the fire within This will be the last Sunday that I will teach on this subject, the fire within, dealing with all the frustration and anger that you and I are dealing with on a day-to-day basis. We live in a very frustrated world. We live in a divided world. We live in a, are you on the left or the right world? Are you conservative or liberal world? Are you this way or this way? Everybody has all these opinions about what they think we should or should not do. Well, I stand here today saying we should do what God is expecting us to do. And because of the world that we live in, it could cause a believer to become frustrated. And that's when we must be careful that we don't allow our anger to cloud our judgment. Because when anger clouds your judgment, that's when you you do things that you wish You would have never done. We've all been there where we've done something or said something that we wish we can take back. It's where our judgment has been clouded. Well, we live in a day where there's so much anger that we can allow our judgment to be clouded. But as believers in Jesus Christ, how should we respond in this day? Lord, help us, God, right now. Speak to our hearts. Help us, Jesus, to be what you want us to be, what you've called us to be. Lord, this is your church. We are your people. We are your sheep, and I am your vessel. Help me, O God, to speak every word that is intended, and I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone say amen. If you're ready to receive the word, clap your hands unto the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. What I want to speak on just for a little while today, I believe, is the hardest thing that you and I will ever do. I truly believe that. Um, And the text opens up in Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 5, by simply saying, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Then it says, with all of thine heart. The word trust there is defined in an American Heritage Dictionary. It says to have or place confidence in or to depend on, to expect with assurance or to assume, to believe, to place in the care of another. 
The term trust in the Lord, as stated in Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 5, it appears in Scripture 19 times and in 19 different verses. Trust is a foreign concept to our generation. And when I say our generation, I'm talking about every single last one of us. I'm not talking about a younger generation, an older generation, or even a different culture. I'm speaking of all of us that are still here today. Trust is a foreign concept. Today's culture is not a trusting one. In fact, we are taught not to trust. We are taught not to trust in any institution. Don't you trust in your government? Don't trust in your education system. Don't trust in religion. The things that you read in newspapers, hear on the radio, or that you see on television, we are taught not to trust any of that information. Matter of fact, just a few weeks ago, someone came up to me and asked me, Pastor, what television news broadcast do you watch? What do you listen to? Where can I get reliable information? The first thing I said, the most reliable information that you can receive is down on your knees before God asking him for direction. Because oftentimes if we get too convoluted with the things that we see on Fox or CNN, we can go down that list of all the different news outlets. We can be confused ourselves. We don't know what to believe or who's telling the truth or who's trying to push a certain agenda. But I'm telling you right now, you cannot beat God's agenda. If you stick to the word of God, if you would just open up this Bible and begin to fall on your knees and begin to say, Lord, I need direction because I'm seeing one thing or I'm hearing another thing and I don't know which way to go but I promise you if you trust in the Lord God will never leave you neither will he forsake you so we're taught not to trust we don't know who to talk to and we don't know uh, who to believe in and uh, even preachers we don't know who to trust in and who to believe in well y'all may not say amen because I'm talking about myself but amen who can I trust can I go to this church can I trust this man what's his agenda what's he up to Yes, religion has become convoluted. Pastors are convoluted. They have a certain way and a certain agenda about them and what they're trying to push and trying to get across. But I'm telling you by the help of the Lord that this young man that stands before you today will always stick to the word of God. That's why I tell people all the time, when you come to me and ask a question, I'm not going to give you my opinion because my opinion does no good. There's people's opinions that will send them straight to hell. My opinion won't get you to heaven either. But God's word will help me get to where I want to get to. Amen. So we're taught not to trust. The sad reality is, is that this generation has allowed their mistrust to affect their relationship with God. Learning to trust in the Lord will be the hardest thing you will ever do. How can I trust in the Lord when I see so much chaos? How can I trust the Lord when I have so much built up anger about the things that are happening in our day? How can I have trust in the Lord when this preacher or this church has done me wrong and I have this hurt and I have this wrath, uh, this mistreatment that's within me? How can I trust in God? How can I trust in him? How can he allow these things to happen? We have all these questions, all these things that are happening, and I continue to remind this church. I remember when my seven-year-old, we were somewhere uh, watching television, and she began to see all the chaos and all the things when the people were storming the Capitol building. She was warning. She says, Dad, why are they doing this? Why are people so angry? How do you explain that to a seven-year-old? 
But see, those are the questions. These are the things that we are facing in this day. That's why I like to look around this church and I see the age disparity and I see all the different age groups and I, uh, and I see the different age categories and I see the cultural differences and I continue to proclaim that this church will always set the example. That if people need to see a group of people that is able to come together for a common cause, then this church will set the example. But trusting in the Lord will be the hardest thing you will ever do. There's a quote by James Dobson that said, faith in God is like believing a man can walk over Niagara Falls on a tightrope while pushing a wheelbarrow. But he goes on to say that trusting God is like you getting into the wheelbarrow. <laughs> to believe God can do something miraculous is one thing. For you to risk your willingness to do it is a whole nother thing. That's why Job said in chapter, uh, Job 13, verse 15, he says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. The word slay here in this text means to be cut off. Job is saying, though he cut me off, yet will I trust him. If he gave me no more blessings, if he gave me not another healing, if he didn't answer another prayer, I will still trust him. Yeah, I didn't get a lot of amens on that. That's tough. Mm-hmm. If he didn't do another thing for me, I'll still trust him. The very thing that I'm asking for, if he didn't come by and provide it for me, I'll still trust him. I'm not asking you, do you believe in him? Oh, yes. I believe every hand would raise if we say, I believe in Jesus Christ. But the question is, do you trust him? Do you trust him to lead you? Do you trust him to guide you in whatever direction he chooses to guide you? Trust, I believe, is the highest level of faith. There's another quote by a gentleman by the last name of Raider who says, faith grows only in the dark. You've got to trust him when you can't trace him. Now that's faith. I've told this story before when I was on a trip, my wife and I, and I got on this water slide. We're at a water park and I remember that story when I thought I lost my life. All right. I thought I lost my life because I got on this water slide and I should have known better because no one was in this line. That should have told me right there immediately. Oh, <laughs> I can't say what I was about to say. I was going to call myself an idiot. No, I'm not, I'm not. I speak positive things. But I was idiotic in this moment. And here I was and I looked at my wife. I said, well, hey, nobody's in this line. And my wife, being the supporter that she is, yeah, baby, let's, let's get in that line. And I thought I lost my life because it was a water slide that was in a dark tunnel. It was, it was 50 to 60 feet straight drop. And it's one of those things to where you thought it was over. It's not over. You drop another 10 feet. It's got to be over. It's not over. You drop another 10 feet. Now my heart is pounding. And when I hit that water... I was just thankful I was alive. So that's in that same trip, we got on another water slide. Thought this was a lot easier. It's one of those ones where you get in a tube, you know, those little, what you call them things? Tubes, right? That you, that you kind of sit on those little round cushion things that you kind of sit on. And, and you go through this, uh, this 
this, this water slide as well, and you're holding on to the tube there, and the water's kind of pushing you through. Well, she's ahead of me. I'm, I'm right behind. No, I'm sorry. It was a double one where she's sitting in front, and I'm sitting in the back, all right? And we're going through this water slide, and I tip it over. Not on purpose, on accident. I tip it over. Well, I fall out, and because of the last experience I had, I begin to panic. So I fall out the tube, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm splatting the water. I'm kicking my feet. I mean, I thought I was going to die again. I'm, I mean, I'm kicking, flailing, and my wife says, stand up. Because <laughs> there's only two feet of water, you know. But I'm... Because <laughs> my mind kept going back to the last one I was on And I'm kicking and flying She said, stand up, you're embarrassing me Stand up I said, I said oh yeah, that's right I can't. <laughs> The water only came to right here you know. <laughs> and I'm just kicking And I look over And the lifeguard You know, who's, he's up, sitting up high He looked at my wife He starts shaking his head <laughs> I feel sorry for you <laughs> You know, oftentimes when we face the unexpected in life, we just start panicking. Not realizing all we need to do is just stand up. <laughs> but when we stand up, we stand on God's word. We stand on his promises. All we need to learn to do is just trusting. We must trust him. And God is trying to get someone's attention here today to trust him. I don't know what you're facing or what you're going through. And by the help of the Lord, I want to try to bring out some principles here. But we must get this and we must grab hold to this and really seal it with the faith that we have in the Lord. And that is to trust him. We must trust him no matter where we are, who we are, or what we're going through. We must trust the Lord. And if God has been dealing with you when it comes to trust, I'm telling you, you're in the right place right now because we must learn to trust in the Lord. I'm speaking beyond a little measure of faith. I'm talking about whatever measure of faith you have, whatever level of faith you have, you must put it and deposit it into the account of trust. Because when we learn how to trust in the Lord, it doesn't matter what direction he takes us. We know that we can trust and know that God is going to take care of us. It's a challenge, though, to trust in the Lord because we like to do things ourselves. We like to be able to handle things ourselves. We want to be able to know what the next step is, what the next project is, and how I'm going to get from point A to point B. But oftentimes, we're going through a dark tunnel. And we don't know how and where point B is, but we're struggling to trust in the Lord to take us there. But it's important for us to trust in the Lord. That's why the first principle we must understand starts in Proverbs 3, verse number 5, where it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. So the first principle I want to speak on today is trust is a matter of the heart. There was a pastor in Los Angeles, California. He preached the funeral of his beloved wife, and he concluded his message with these words. He says, as I cried last night, the one message I received from the Lord said, trust me, even when you don't understand me, and can't comprehend me, I need you to trust me. See, the heart is the seat of our emotions and the habitat of our affections. We must learn to trust in the Lord with our emotions. We must learn to trust in the Lord with our desires, with our affections. And we must learn to trust in the Lord with all that we need. 
Here we are going through a global pandemic crisis right in the middle of racial tension in a nation that is divided, a controversial uh, presidential election. People are raging. Houses are divided. Tension is all around us at an all-time high across generations. And then God speaks to me and says, okay, Eddie Robinson, now it's time for you to be a pastor. Well, what perfect timing, Lord. I couldn't have did it better myself. But see, it's important that we trust in the Lord. See, the word of the God gave me a scripture as I was going through the very things that I was going through and thinking about. Because when God has a plan for us, it doesn't matter what everything looks like around you. We just must know that God is in complete control. For the Bible says in 1 Samuel, this is the scripture that the Lord gave to me. I want to share it with you. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse number 8, it says, And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this truth? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him and simply said, Pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail, somebody say, Recover all. You shall recover all. All And then dropping down to verse number 19, this is what the Lord gave me and began to speak to me about. And he says, and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that had been taken to them. The Bible says David recovered all. Somebody say recover all. And the word recover there needs, means to snatch away. It's important for someone to understand that if you just simply trust in the Lord, I promise you that God will help you to recover all. I like the scripture because in verse number 19, he says, I don't care if it's small. I don't care if it's great. If it's your son or your daughters, I don't care what it is. It's time to take back what belongs to you. But I'm here to tell somebody you cannot take it back until you learn to trust in the Lord and when you can lean not on your own understanding but in all your ways you begin to acknowledge him the Bible says he shall direct your path and I want God's path to be directed in my life so that I don't get back some things no I want back everything that belongs to me and I'm trying to preach to somebody here today that you need to understand that God is a God that's able to help you you to recover everything and I like that the word recover means to snatch back so that means I can walk in the enemy's territory and take back what belongs to me that means not one son that means not one daughter that means not one grandchild it belongs to the Lord so whatever God intends for me to have I plan on taking it back to what belongs to oh you ought to clap your hands unto the Lord and magnify him I'm trying to tell you I want all of it back I want to recover all that means I'm not losing my mind I'm getting it all back I'm not losing my stuff I'm getting it all back everything that belongs to me belongs to me we don't serve a God that just gives you a little but no he's able to exceed the abundance of everything that you ask or even think so I don't know how you're thinking but you need to enlarge your thinking because I'm telling somebody I'm getting it all back 
Hallelujah. See, you don't have to get excited about that. Uh, but see, I'm going to get excited about it. Because when I go through the roughest times in my life, I've got to learn how to trust in the Lord. And know that if God is going to give me everything that belongs to me, that means it's coming to me. I may not have it today, but I'm going to wake up tomorrow saying today may be the day. I'm going to wake up on Tuesday and say today may be the day. I'm going to wake up on Wednesday and say this is the day that the Lord has made. And I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Because today may be the day when I recover all. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I can shout off that. I can dance off that. Oh, I'm telling you, the, the picnic's going to come later. We're going to let God be God in here right now. I'm telling you, that's why I can praise him and lift him up. It's not about where I am, but where I believe I'm going. See, that's why I can't sit on God and say, woe is me. But I can be feeling bad in my body and still have a praise. I can have a headache right now and still have a praise. Why? Because I know my God is able to pull me through take me through he's able to take me through any situation hallelujah amen somebody say snatch <laughs> I didn't mean to wake everybody up at one time but I'm telling you snatch if you don't know how to do it I will get my kids in here they'll show you exactly how to snatch stuff oh they're great especially my two year old Everything in, the, in, in, in my house is hers. I wish I had a witness in here. Everything in my house is hers. And if she want it, she go take it. And don't think about taking it back from her. Oh, she's going to cause a ruckus. To the point to where you say, here, just take it. Here, 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 here. Just take it. Get out of here. And then as soon as she gets it, she... In her mind, she's like, I got you, daddy. And I know she did. And I say, I just, mm. that fire within. Because <laughs> I want to do something, but I can't. I can't. Mm. Just wait till you get about eight. I'm going to thump you or something. Something's got to give. She snatches everything. When do we lose that mentality? I feel like, can I just preach to y'all for a little bit? I'll I, I get back to these notes here in a moment, but I, I need you to, when do we lose that, when do we gain a losing mentality? You know, children are not born with a losing mentality. Science has proven that, if you don't believe me. They're not born with it, it's taught. They're taught no. They're taught you didn't win this time. It's okay to be in second place. That's taught. When, when, when did we lose that? That what belongs to us belongs to us. When did we stop believing in that? Well, I want to help somebody here today. When, when, when did you stop that? What, what happened in your life to where we've accepted mediocrity? We've accepted, well, I've got some, just not all. That is a lie. That's a lie. And a child of God should not accept that. 
ever in your life. So I'm not preaching to where you are. I'm trying to preach to where God is trying to take you. Because if I was to preach to your situation, I'd be up here saying, oh, it's okay, baby. Oh, it's going to be all right. Oh, let's just go get some Tootsie Rolls and some ice cream and everything's going to be all right. No, uh uh-uh. But I'm going to look at you right in your face and tell you, you better rise up because you got something to praise God for. You better rise up and believe that God is on your side. You better rise up and trust in the Lord and know that God is going to carry you through. You may not be where you ought to be, but I'm thankful I'm not where I used to be and that's something to praise God for right there you better rise up and tell the Lord thank you thank you for one more opportunity thank you for one more day thank you Lord hallelujah thank you Jesus Hallelujah. Oh, I've come to preach to somebody in here because I'm telling you this church, we shall recover all. I'm telling you to recover all. Don't stop praying for your children. Recover all. Don't stop praying for your grandchildren. Recover all. Don't stop praying for your spouse. Recover all. Don't stop praying for the things that you've lost. Recover all. I've come to take it all back. Hallelujah. And if there's anything I would love to snatch out of anybody's hand, it would be the devil. (laughs) Glory be to God. If there's anybody I can snatch something from, say, give me that back, devil. That didn't belong to you in the first place. Yeah, you caught me in a spot where I wasn't thinking right, where I wasn't praying right, I wasn't believing right. But now I'm back. I'm back coming in full force. Now I'm thinking right. Now I'm talking right. Now I'm walking right. Give me my stuff back. Give me my stuff back. And now that I got it, I'm keeping it. Now that I got it, I'm holding on to it. Now that I got it, I got to praise and a worship unto the Lord. Clap your hands unto the Lord and magnify him. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel a praise about to erupt in this house. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Whoa. I really feel like I shouldn't be preaching anymore. I know it's Sunday morning. You may be a little tired. Please be seated. Maybe didn't have the the coffee that you wanted. Huh? Don't get me started on Chick-fil-A being closed. That's a whole nother message. (laughs) Let me start on that. But the mindset of a believer is important. The mindset of people in general is important, but especially a believer. Everything that is happening in our world in our day can plant seeds of unbelief. But when those seeds are planted of unbelief, we can only do one thing in order to survive. It's not, and that is, is to not allow those seeds to be cross-pollinated with the seed of faith. 
Because the Bible says that God has given every man, man meaning mankind, every man, mankind, a measure of faith. So even when people out of their own mouth say, I don't believe, oh, yes, you do. There's something there that God has planted in you. Every person has a measure of faith. But when you've allowed other seeds of unbelief to cross-pollinate with the measure of faith that God has given unto you, that's when we can say out of our mouth, I don't believe. But we cannot allow for cross-pollination. Because when God plants a seed in your heart, in your life, when he gives you a word, and when your faith grabs hold to that word, you can't let other people convolute that word. You cannot allow family and friends convolute that word. Can I take it a step further? You can't allow a spouse to convolute that word. Those closest to you will convolute the word the easiest and the fastest. Earlier in my, in my life, in my ministry, I would see mighty moves of God, things that would take place and happen. I would be so excited. I mean, I'm on cloud nine. And something that someone in my family would say would bring me right back down. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be somebody on the street, somebody I didn't know. They wouldn't affect me as much. But someone that was closest to me would. And I allow what they said to dilute what God had placed in my spirit. When God was trying to take me from faith to faith, from glory to glory, he was trying to get me to elevate. But I allowed other people to bring me down. I'm telling you, if we just trust in the Lord, whatever you came in here needing today, it shall come to pass. You've got to trust in the Lord. So if God's been dealing with you about being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, trust in the Lord. Don't worry about your tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow. See, too often we are so concerned about our future that we miss out on opportunities that God presents today. Don't miss out on what God has for you right now because we're thinking about tomorrow. But if God wants to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, that can happen today. We don't trust in our own flesh. We don't trust in our own abilities. No, but we trust in the Lord. That's why the scripture says, lean not on your own. Don't lean on your own understanding. But in all of our ways, we are too. And if we do that, he'll direct our path. I feel God's presence in here. I'm telling someone right now that God is getting ready to allow you to recover all. All belongs to you. Everything belongs to you. Salvation, yes, it belongs to you. I don't deserve it, preacher. Guess what? I don't either. None of us deserved it. But because of his mercy, because of his grace, because of his tender mercy, his love towards us, that's why I stand here today. So it's not about what you deserve, but it's what God has already done for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, 
That's the great God and great love that he has towards us. That's why I can preach with such vigor and such fire within my heart because I know where I once was and I know where I am today and I know where I'm trying to get to still. I realize the mindset that I once had. I understand where I am today and I know in my mind where I'm trying to go. I know the things that I used to say, how I used to walk. I know those things and that fire that was within me, how it used to cloud my judgment. But now when I face things in this world, before I speak a word, out of my mouth I go to my knees and I say Lord I need your wisdom Lord I need your guidance Lord there's so many people reaching out to me for advice and things that they need in order to conduct themselves in this world but God if I don't have the right mindset and the right speech coming out of my mouth how can I give someone else instruction in order to do the right thing but God I don't want to be somebody that tells people what to do and how to do it but yet my actions don't display the same thing that I'm preaching. I tell people all the time, the 30 or 40 minutes that I spend behind this platform, this pulpit right here, is only minuscule to the time that you see me on Monday, on Tuesday, on Thursday. Because on Friday, I want you to be able to say, that's my pastor. Because it would be a problem if you see me on Friday saying, is that my pastor? See, I got to live the way that I preach. And if I preach a certain way, I've got to walk out there on Monday and live the exact same way. But it's not just for the preacher. But God is expecting every man, woman, boy, and girl that when we come into the house of the Lord, we can look and have our best clothes on. But on Monday, on Tuesday, on the job, are we living a life that is pleasing unto the Lord? Do we have a mindset that is pleasing unto the Lord when we speak out of our mouth are we trying to do things to offend or are we doing things to draw people in amen that's why today we're recovering all everything that belongs to us we're getting it all back please stay seated I want you to lift your hands unto the Lord come on right now Lord in the name of Jesus Lord God, I pray, speak to every heart right now. Help us, oh God. Help us, Jesus, to acknowledge you. Help us, oh Lord, to put our trust in you. Help us, oh Lord, right now. Whatever, Lord, we need, I pray in the name of Jesus that you may move upon us to believe and step out by faith in Jesus' name. God wants to bless some people in here today beyond what you think. Let me give an example. My wife and I lived in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and <clears throat> my wife has a degree in, in the medical field. And um, very intelligent young lady. And she wanted a specific job at Ohio State University. Or as they say, the Ohio State University. She wanted a job there, <clears throat> OSU. So she looked into it, inquired of it, 
And then she met someone that also worked there. The person that she met asked her what type of education she had, what background, my wife being to tell her. And then the lady said, I'm sorry, you, you, you won't be able to have this job because they require a master's degree. My wife does not have a master's degree. So my wife said, okay. She comes home, and she shares with me what the lady has told her. First thing out of my mouth was, I said, okay, that's all, that's all right. We can, we can look for something else. And then my wife in that moment says, well, I don't want to look for anything else. I want to work there. Now, the first thing that came to my mind, I didn't say. Because the first thing that came to my mind was, well, baby, you heard what the lady said. You're, you're not going to get the job. Like, just, it's okay. Let's look for something else. But what came out of my mouth was, I said, okay, baby, you can apply for it. She applied. Well, the next day she gets a phone call, says, hey, we would like to come bring you in an interview. Now, I'm shocked. I, I couldn't even believe it. She goes to the interview. <clears throat> she does the process. She comes back home. I say, how did it go? She said, I think it went all right. Days go by, nothing, nothing. Week goes by, nothing. Of course, I'm thinking, you know, I mean, you had to have a master's degree in order to get this job because his job was in cancer <clears throat> cancer research. It was in clinical cancer research there at OSU. And, and although my wife had some experience in cancer research, she didn't have the qualifications degree-wise in order to receive this job. Well, won't you know, three weeks later, phone rings. Say, we would like to bring you back in here want you to speak to someone. She goes back in, speaks to someone, I'm assuming maybe higher up the chain or whatever the case may be. I'm just calling it the second interview process. I get a phone call. She says, baby, guess what? I said, what? She says, I got the job. <laughs> I said, what, what job? <laughs> now, I knew what job she was talking about. I said, what, what, what job? She says, they hired me. I said, now, your, your, your resume was correct, right? You didn't say you had a master's degree on there, right? Now I'm challenging her integrity. <laughs> you, you, you was truthful, right? Yeah, baby, yeah. They hired me. I, I've got the job. I said, look at what the Lord has done. You know, it was in that moment when Proverbs chapter 3 came to my mind. Trust in the Lord all thine heart don't lean on your own understanding but in all of your ways you just acknowledge him and he will direct he will open up every door that you need I'm telling someone here today if you would just put your mind on Jesus Christ not worry about what nobody else has said to you up to this point don't worry about your even friends and family that's sitting next to you right now but just acknowledge him and watch what the Lord does for you right here in this service. Let's stand to our feet right now. And I'm telling you, if you need and you want to recover all, I don't know what your all is, but you know what it is. And you need some.
some things that you need to snatch back from the Lord. And you've heard this word preached to you. You ought to step out from where you are right now. Come on, come on down to this front. Give it all to the Lord and say, I'm here to recover all. I'm here to give it. You by all. Because I have some things in my life that I need to snatch back from the enemy. If you're here today and you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, come on, recover all. Have your sins washed away. Have every sin washed away. You ought to come down here and be baptized in his name. If you've never been filled with the gift of God's spirit, the gift of the Holy Ghost, come on, step out right now. Be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost because God is going to help you to recover all. Let's lift our hands right now unto the Lord. Lord, we thank you, go God. We give you glory and honor and praise. We thank you, Jesus, for the sweet spirit that we feel. I thank you, oh God, for what you're doing even right now. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you may move upon every heart, every mind, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, here in this church, it is customary for us to come down to an altar, to pray right where you are, and ask the Lord to come by and touch you. I don't leave out of here with asking the Lord, God, I need your help. I need your strength. I need your direction. That's it. Come on, lift your hands unto the Lord and cry out to him. This is your time, your opportunity to talk to him. This is your time to talk to him and let him know, God, I need to recover all. I need you, oh God, to speak to my heart. Lord, I need the Holy Ghost, oh God. I need your spirit to fill me. I need to be baptized in your name. That's it. Come on, cry unto him right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus 